that you sit outside with them, drink some sweet tea, watch your chicken TV. That way nothing comes and has chicken for dinner. Right. Everything loves to have chicken for dinner. And now. <laughs> Coming to you from the K2 studios in San Diego, California. This sounds great. You sound amazing. I always sound amazing. It's the world famous. Everybody sitting off like BFS. Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you doing today? Thank you so much for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 120 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do, 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 do. Fantastic. We are here at a 120 episodes of the Chris and Christine Show. I know, plus all of the bonus episodes. So how many do you think that really is now? Would you think it's actually like 150? We didn't do that many bonus episodes. I think we I did like, I think we did like four, maybe. Oh, I think we did a few more than that, but we'll go with yours. So really, we're at the official 120 and some change. You know, uh, this weather, speaking of uh, crazy uh, things like uh, hitting 120. uh, (laughs) That was a nice attempt at a segue. I try. Speaking of the weather, go ahead, Mr. Anchorman. Uh, Yeah, it's actually. Great story. Great story. Thank you. (laughs) Compelling and rich. It was. uh, It was really hot and warm. Not quite 120 degrees, but it got into the 80s earlier this week. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it just flipped flipped the script and it got totally winter cold like winter's like wait a second what do you guys think you're doing get back here we got mm-hmm. you here we we got your number i know it's been like uh, the winnie the pooh blustery day it's been like burr. last night okay so typically when we are an, in our bedroom which i'm not trying to be inappropriate this is <laughs> let me start this over when we go to bed at night Who's the one that's always hot in temperature in the bedroom? I think you are. Yes. But you're also very hot in personality. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. And everything else. Well, thank you. Well, typically I'm burning up hot and barely have like any covers on me. But last night I had wedding prep and I worked in the freezing cold garage and I was working with wet flowers. And so my hands were really cold. My fingertips were cold. And by the time I came upstairs to go to bed... I got in bed and I piled the blankets on top of me. I was so cold. I could not get my body to warm up for like 30 plus minutes. And I was like laying there shivering. And I finally pulled all of the extra blankets from your side of the bed and piled them I on top of that. me. I noticed that. I'm like, I get home last night. I'm like, where are my blankets at? I'm freezing. I had to do the, uh, I call it the fetus position. <laughs> it's a fetal position. I hate when you call it fetus the position. fetus position I was going to. Freezing. <laughs> Well, you can have them back tonight. I just didn't want to go downstairs and get my fluffy white blanket and put it on top of me because all not only is it super warm, but it's a weighted blanket. And I was afraid that if I was underneath it with the weighted blanket, it put me in such a deep sleep that I wouldn't wake up on time this morning. is that a bad thing? I mean, well, I had, yes, because I had a wedding today, so I had to prep. I know. Yeah. Christine was gone all day doing her wedding stuff. And actually, it's funny. It rained was it yesterday and the day before. And today, the weatherman said it's supposed to stop raining. Mm. And then it started raining again. So if you have a wedding on a, on a rainy day like today, do they just cancel it or what do they do? Well, thank you so much for asking. No, they don't. You have to work in the rain, which is what we did today. And it was so windy. We were in Fallbrook and it was up on a hill. So it was windy and rainy. 
And I had the best team today. Kelsey and Molly were out there supporting me and we worked for five hours out in, it went between like sunny and rainy. And so at the the venue that we were at, every time the rain would come, they'd bu- pull these huge tarps over the tables and cover everything because they didn't want the silverware and the napkins to get wet. But then what would happen is they cover everything, which includes the centerpieces that we were working on. And so we had to pause like at five different points during the day. So it took us an hour extra to be able to prep everything for today. Fortunately- And you charged extra for that, right? No. You charged rain charge, right? No, no, you're a goofball. But it was uh, was a busy day, but oh my gosh, it was- so far, that was my biggest floral design, tablescape, the whole deal, and it was gorgeous. It was a wedding of 200 guests. Wow. Is that, a, is that like the biggest one that you've done? Um, I'm not. It's the biggest one I've done this season. Well, like this past couple of years, but it was in terms of not just the size, but in terms of what design they wanted it was very labor intensive. So they wanted what's called garland. So, you know, like Christmas tree garland. It's like the stuff that we hang around like on the mantle. Not tinsel, but it looks no, like it's tinsel. Like, no, no. It's like the – it looks like greenery. It's like oh, the stuff it's that like I – Oh, like a vine with yeah, flowers on Yeah, exactly. It. It's like a vine. But what most people don't realize is that when you get garland, like fresh garland, it doesn't naturally grow that way. You have to actually hand no tie way. it. No way. It doesn't? No, you have to hand tie it together. What a trip. Yeah. So I had to do that last night and all the way up into the wee hours of the morning. And it was to cover tables, long farm tables for 200 guests. So I, my, my helper last night had to go home early. So then I had to work on, well, I did all of the garland. So it was about, I think I was totaling it up like 160 to 180 feet of hand-tied garland and my wow. hands like I don't know if you can see the cuts from the wire on my hands. Oh no. Right here Look at but that. but it was so gorgeous. It's I was so proud of it. I was proud of Even everything. Even with all the rain. It, oh it, gosh, it was so Cuz that would worry me. Beautiful. It would worry me with all the rain would be like, "Oh no, this work for nothing." No, it, it was know. so freaking gorgeous. It was so beautiful. I was so proud of it and the bride I think that one of my favorite moments was before the ceremony, I just went over to say goodbye to her and she was taking photos with her whole bridal party. And she said to me, um, she was like, oh my gosh, Christine. And she was like, I love my, not like she said this, I love my bouquet. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad. Well, you should. You paid for it. I know. know? I said, I'm so glad because it was slightly different than what she'd asked for just because I was bringing in a few more seasonal flowers that are really pretty. And I was like, I'm so glad. And I was like, is it like what you had hoped for? And she says, this is better than I could have ever dreamed of. And I was like, oh, my God. That's like the greatest compliment ever. When a bride actually enjoys and loves your design and your Mm -hmm. idea and they tell their family and their friends, everyone's there taking pictures and they Mm -hmm. love it and they're praising the work that you've done and all the effort you put into it and your design and they love it. Exactly. That is what it's all about. Of course, getting paid is always nice too. Yeah. But it's always, uh, half of it I always say is always the congratulations for work that you've done. Yeah. And you know what made me feel really good is before the wedding ceremony had even happened, you know that you're doing the right thing if all of the guests are t- going in front of the arch that you've created to take photos no before way. the ceremony even started. Yeah, they were like lining up trying to get photos in front of it because so it was so can, beautiful. Uh, can I see a picture? 
picture maybe? Yeah, I'll show you after the episode. I don't want to like pause everything right now of to course. show it to you, but I also wanted to edit my photos a little bit to make them a little bit lighter and airier. Now, uh, are you going to get pictures from the photographer that was there? There was a photographer there, right? Yeah, he actually uh, followed me on Instagram so that he can get me the sneak peek photos when they're ready to come now, out. Now, he'll post photos to his Instagram feed first. Mm-hmm. and then like Yeah, you, but you then can, he'll tag me also. But you can instantly like send those to your uh, story. I always do that all yeah, the time. Yeah, definitely. And so the way that it works in the wedding world is when we go and we post, we typically tag all of the vendors that were at the wedding so that they can post and promote it. Because if you think about it, a wedding has all of these different characters that are seeing all different aspects of the wedding throughout the day. And so like the DJ will have like the cool dancing scene or like the flowers being tossed. Um, The photographer gets some of those like detail shots where it's like the invitation and the bouquets or like the bride and groom very close together where he's getting like good close-up shots of her hair and makeup. And it's like the hair and makeup artist doesn't get to be at the wedding to be able to see all of that stuff. So by tagging them, it gives visibility because a wedding is more than just one person doing everything. Right, it, 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 It's it, like a whole production team. It is a production. It's like when you watch a movie and the movie, they have like all the, the credits. Whole, yes. the, yeah, the credits of everything. So basically it's like the credits exactly. for the wedding production. 100%. So yeah. you're in the credits. Or, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's and, and if you don't tag people, if you don't put their account on there, either like physically tag them or do like the little at sign and tag their account, it's just really... It's considered really tacky within the wedding industry. If you don't tag, if you if you don't tag the people, like who's responsible for setting all this tagging up? Is no, it the you bride just, or who? It, no, it's just like if you're gonna if you're gonna post a photo, like for me, if I'm gonna post a photo of the photographer, well, no, if I was to post a photo from the wedding photographer and not tag the photographer, that'd be so tacky. Oh, it is. Yeah, because it's like their art. It's like saying like almost as if you are taking credit for the beautiful image and well i would never do that like i think what you're saying is that like if you took a screenshot yes. of somebody else's photo and then posted under your feed directly as in look what i just did i don't ever go that extreme no, I, it's, yeah or done. it's like if you take a screenshot and then you post it and you're like oh my gosh i really loved working on this wedding but then you don't source who actually took the photo it's just like it's different if i take my candidates i can just not tag anybody if I don't want to. So maybe I'm doing it wrong because I, I will find things on Instagram that I like and I will just send them to our feed or my feed. Right. But you're sending them. So then technically it puts that account on Yeah, it. that's true. It does. Right. At the very bottom, you don't mm-hmm. notice it. It says uh, at whoever at, it's from. Yeah. I saw this really cool one. Um, so while you're doing that today, that I think about it, is that I took the kids and my dad to the movies today. Oh, you didn't tell me you took your dad. Yeah, I invited him too because I'm like, why not? What's he doing today? He likes going to the movies too. Mm-hmm. He never gets a chance to go out. So I said, let's have, meet me over at the In-N-Out. We had In-N-Out Burger for lunch, by the way. It was crazy Aww. busy. Uh, he didn't have lunch. He just joined us over there. Then we drove over to the mall, which is like right across the street. And we went over there and my dad's like, what movie time are we going to see? I said, it's the busiest movie of the weekend. It opened up yesterday. We saw The Batman, by the way. And the Batman, not just Batman. Yeah, it's called The Batman, which is funny, ironic. In the movie, he never calls himself as Batman. He calls himself as Vengeance. My name is Vengeance. It's funny, even people in the movie, the other characters, hey, Vengeance, get over here. Hey, Vengeance, we're going to do this? Hey, Vengeance, we're going to do that? They never call him Batman, which is weird. Anyways, so we go over there, and the movie's a big deal, so it's playing like every hour, every half mm-hmm. hour it's playing. So I said, I don't know, Dad. We'll just pick whatever time when we get over there. We'll just pick the next one showing, because it'll probably be playing every half hour. 
which it was. So we saw the two o'clock uh, showing. We went in there. We get, we get in there early. We get like half hour early, which is funny. So we go upstairs and we uh, go up there and we go into the movie theater. It's totally black, dark. Nothing is on the screen. Nobody's in the room. It's a totally empty house. And we're like looking at the stubs. Like, is this the right one? Uh, yeah, it's the right one. And we were like 30 minutes early. Yeah. So nobody was there. So I'm like, well, I guess we have time to kill. Let's go get popcorn. Mm-hmm. So we walked downstairs because the popcorn, uh, the little session stand upstairs was closed. Oh, okay. Everything was downstairs. I had to go all the way downstairs, which is funny. The stupid uh, escalator wasn't working. And oh, they've got th- it never is. They got three flights of stairs in that place. So we took the elevator, which was working. Took the elevator back down and back up. So to get our popcorn. Okay, but for context purposes, because most people might be used to like walking into a movie theater and it being like one level and then you walk down the hallway and you have like 20 different theaters. Our movie theater here where we live, it's multiple, it's multiple levels. levels yeah. And because they're movie theaters, they're taller. And so it's two stories. But to get from the first story of movie theaters to the second story, you actually have to go up these two really steep not even regular escalators. They're super steep escalators or right. super steep flights of stairs. It's probably it's probably like 50 feet up, I would say. I, it's Well, I think it's way more than that. It's super high because if you think of how tall a movie screen is and then above that, it's like these are stadium seating movie theaters. But with the escalator not working, I mean, that would be like a full-on workout. Can you imagine working there? Well, my there? dad said, said, he said, let's use the elevator. It's right over there. Because I went up and down the stairs twice. Well, once already to go up and get the movie theater back <laughs> down again to get our popcorn. Because let's use the elevator. It's right over there. Yeah. So we used the elevator. And anyways, the movie was great. It wasn't that busy. I mean, it was okay busy. but Don't it was- give away the, the end of the movie because people are barely seeing it. So I, go ahead. I know. No spoilers here. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Derek Duvall yesterday. And he said he's going to go see the movie today. I was like, oh, I want to see that. Oh, I should totally see that. I was thinking, like, you're busy doing your wedding stuff. I got the kids with me. I'm like, why not? It's a rainy day anyways. Why yeah. not go to the movie theater? So and it just opened up. So it's exactly what we did. And it was very long. It was funny. The kids got very antsy. I was so stupid. I had Mason and Jacob sit next to each other. And my dad and I sat on the other side of them. <laughs> and it's a three-hour movie. Three-hour movie? Plus, don't forget about that 20 minutes of previews. What in the world? So we each had our own popcorn. I had a bucket of popcorn. My dad and I shared one. The kids shared wait, wait. one. A three-hour movie about the Batman? Yeah. You know what's funny? I hate to... I'm not going to spoil it here, but you probably get this from the preview. I'm not going to spoil it, but... But there's a lot of like dramatic walking in the movie. Like a lot of dramatic scenes like dun-dun-dun, like walking in slow motion kind of stuff. Like here I am revealing myself out of the shadow. Into the, like Batman does that a lot. In the movie. But after he does it once, isn't it just kind of like cocky? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I do it sometimes too myself. I walk in like, hey, <laughs> dun, 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 like do that slow motion. Do walk. I need to like start playing theme music for you when you wake up in the morning? Would that help you? It might when I walk downstairs, you know. <laughs> uh, but the coolest part of the movie in the movie trailer. Is when Robin came on? Uh, there was no Robin. Batman and Robin. No, no Robin. I'm sorry. There's a, the Batwoman's in it. I'm not Batwoman. Uh, Catwoman's in it. Where, she, where's Robin? I don't know. And isn't doesn't Batman have like a guy that like helps maintain his lair? Alfred. Alfred was in there too. Alfred. You know what's funny? Alfred is played by and what's his name? Anders Circus. I think his name is the guy who plays Anders Circus. Uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. You he, just are making up names. No, he's played by that guy. Uh, oh, Gray Elephant. He played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. 
I've never seen the movie. Uh, whatever. But anyways, uh, he plays Alfred. And the cool part was the Batmobile was a new spin on the Batmobile. Before you came Don't home, tell people. Well, it's in the trailer. Every, oh, okay. Every, it's pictures everywhere. The Batmobile, it's like they took an old school like Dodge like muscle car mm-hmm. and made it a Batmobile. Like a Charger? Yes. Like a Challenger or something. Like take a Challenger or an old Plymouth or an old like, I don't know, Camaro or something and make it into some kind of like, it you know, kind of remind me of, remember the movie Mad Max? No. You saw it with the old no, in, I didn't. in the desert and the cars with the engines and the oh yes that crazy one yes yes you know those cars were kind of crazy that was such a bizarre movie it was but you see how the cars were all kind of crazy like souped up crazy yeah, yeah that's what the Batmobile was kind of like that oh kind of like one of those things oh so it's like one of those ones it's like where they take like the what is it like the Caminos or El Caminos whatever they're called and like souped up on like those jacks that makes them be like eight feet high and then you hear them go like. <laughs> And they yeah, like- <laughs> yes, something's exactly like that. <laughs> Did you like those sound effects? Yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, a- I'm glad that you got to take the boys to the movies and have some fun today. It and was, stay- but, but they didn't get antsy. Mason and, Mason and Jacob were getting antsy. So I had to switch seats with my dad in the movie theater and get over and put crack the whip on the kids because uh-huh. they were like getting real fussy and playing games, getting kind of, you know, because it's a three hour movie. I, it's my fault. Right. I should I should have sp- uh, split them apart. I should have one on one side and one kid on the other side. You know, on me. I didn't think about that. I thought, well, they probably enjoy. I think it. they would have still been equally as antsy because it's three freaking hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe you should have just like let them fall asleep. Well, you know, live and learn. Mason got his phone out during the movie at one point, and we had to like to add, take it out of his hand, put it <laughs> in my pocket. It was during this like I'd say kind of like a sombering moment where it's not action kind of a scene. It's kind of like a slower scene. Mm-hmm. That's when they really were like the. Itching in the seats, to like do something. Like they want to play or want to run around. They want to do something. You have such crazy words that you say. I'm gonna start creating a dictionary of Chris. Itching in the seats. I've never heard that. And sombering. Like, you, know, you know, you got like uh, I've it, heard of somber <laughs> and sobering, but a sombering and itching in the seats. I really, like it, I, I know. say that because. You say all these things that crack me up and I really want to start writing things down. And I think that that should be like our first item on the merch store. Not that we have one, but when we do have one and someday down the line is the Chris, Chris, Chris It's like the dictionary according to Chris. There you go. Fantastic. But we wouldn't call it dictionary because we don't want people to think that it's an inappropriate word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, why not? It's a uh, uh, Wikipedia, look it up. Yeah. It's, it's probably on there. It's facts. Anyway, anything else happened this week for you? That was just us covering today. That was I crazy. Know. Talk about a crazy week this week already. Now, uh, let me think. Oh, I did release Podtastic Audio. That went out. Fantastic episode, by the way. Thank you to T- Tiffany for showing up on the show. That mm-hmm. was great. Great episode. Uh, it's got quite positive reviews. Like it, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. A, it's funny. As I was listening back to it uh, last night at work, I was thinking like, we actually may have pretty good chemistry together. I'm not saying you and I don't. But I'm saying what? I'm saying Tiffany. Why I, are you talking about having chemistry with another woman? I mean, like for po- don't make me crack the whip. <laughs> I'm saying for podcasting. Okay, you need to preface that by saying in the podcasting world, I had pretty decent chemistry. I don't like you using that word chemistry in reference to other women. I'm you sorry, can babe. say. We we jived well during our podcast interview, but we you jived very are, well. But you, are, all right, seriously, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. <sighs> Do I need to start like being your chaperone on the podcast <laughs> interviews? Because it sounds like you have a crush. Oh no, babe, come on now. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Yeah, that's what they all say. Oh. Remember, 
You put a ring on it, dude. Hey, you know, I did something nice for you. Was it last week or earlier? I didn't make you breakfast. Uh, oh, oh, is this? Are you wanting me to tell specific parts of my week? How? How? What? Well, go right ahead. Well, you never asked me how my week was. Well, how was your week, baby? My week was so great. It was very, very busy because I've been on the go a lot. But you know what was so great about my week? What's that? Is that you have been quite the helper around the house lately, and it's really made a difference for me by de-stressing me. You actually made me and the boys breakfast two days in a row. Even though you had to work, you made us breakfast two days in a row, and you've been helping me out by washing my clothes for me to keep me in clean clothes while I've been working, because if... If listeners are just tuning in and they haven't followed along with us for very long, not only do I work full time, but I also have my wedding business and have been doing this educational consulting, which has me traveling out of town almost once a week right now. But um, it's been really nice to have that added support at home. And so if I haven't said it enough, thank you for being my partner. I'm not going to say thank you for you know, doing the dishes because they're your dishes also. But I'm going to say... Like you always say it's my dishes, but you but, know what's funny? But they're the finish, house, they're house dishes. No, the house doesn't have dishes. But let me finish what I was saying is thank you for being a partner and thank you for seeing that I've been overwhelmed with the volume of work and home responsibilities and for equally lifting it. And I think that that's a perfect thing to say during... Women's History Month, which is what this month is. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, National or International Women's Day is on March 8th. It's coming up real soon. Well, check that out. That is fantastic. Hey, you know what, though, baby? Speaking of making you fantastic breakfast. Yes. I mean, everybody loves a good breakfast. What yeah, my favorite thing for breakfast, though. Oh, because I had it this morning. I love a good scramble, like with eggs and all kinds of yummy good stuff in it and hash browns. But... Um, you know what I've been noticing is like the price of eggs has really been going up with inflation. Is it really? I haven't really, I haven't really thought about that. I do buy, I bought eggs at Costco last time I was there. By the way, shout out to Costco. It's a pretty good deal for eggs. I think. Uh, well, I think that I just want to start raising chickens. No way. Yeah, yeah, yo. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, yeah, yo. Is that? Uh, oh, e i e i o. What I said? <laughs> you said yeah, yeah, yo. I'm telling you, I'm going to start a dictionary, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I want to start a farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you think came first, the chicken or the egg or the farm? I don't know. But you know who does know is our guest for this week. And we're going to hear back from them right after this. Hey, thank you so much for being a loyal listener of the Chris and Christine Show. And as that you are a loyal listener, we have a very fun opportunity for you to get involved with the show. Ooh, tell me more. If you like to get exclusive content you can't get anywhere else and to receive free merchandise shipped to you every single month. Ooh, I want that. Then head over to patreon.com slash the Chris and Christine show. That is patreon.com slash the Chris and Christine show. And welcome back, everyone. Today, we have not one, but two special VIP guests. And you know what, Chris? I'm really excited for today's guest because we're going to learn about chickens and eggs and which one came first. Welcome to the show, Homestead Phil and Homestead Jen from Rent the Chicken. Oh, awesome. Hey, I'm Homestead Phil. Hey, I'm Homestead Jen. Happy to be here. Yes, and we are the co-founders of Rent the Chicken. Ooh, hey, now this chicken you're renting out, he's going to sound pretty popular. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, no, they're not named until they're rented and then our renters get to name them. 
Oh, that's super fun. I want to rent a, I want to rent a chicken or the chicken or multiple chickens. Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny. Down here in San Diego, uh, the Padres, I don't know if they still do. They had the, the mascot was the chicken. Was it? Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Huh. I didn't know that I either. did not know that. I thought it was like the, the fryer. Well, that, that too. But they had Uh-oh. this chicken running around, like this chicken costume. Uh, I don't know if they still do it or not, but it was like a... Full on. That's the only thing I know about chickens, really. And I do know that they grow at the store. That's about all I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, just remember, you only get one dinner from a chicken, but you get breakfast every morning. Oh, wow. I love that. Now, Homestead Phil and Homestead Jen, where did you come up with the term homestead? Like that seems like that takes me back to the prairie days. For sure. So we have a little homestead. And uh, when we started, uh, even before we started to rent the chicken, Homestead Phil was making some YouTube videos just and he'd start them all with, hey, Homestead Phil here. And then it just <laughs> caught on. And so anybody who we work with that offers rent the chicken from their farm or homestead, they automatically get the title of Homestead so-and-so. And so I'm Homestead Jen, Homestead Phil. We have homesteads all homesteaders all over who offer rent the chicken and hatch the chicken from their farm. So what is a homestead? Because like we have a home and it has some land around it, but what makes the difference between like a house and a homestead? Sure. I think it's the way that you use your property, right? Um, We are not, where we live, we don't have enough property that I would call it a farm, but you know, we have a garden, we can food, we raise chickens, we um, we do all kinds of things here. And I, I think that's really the distinction of the difference between a home, a farm, uh, a homestead. Uh, so, yeah, that's my definition. Well, we have feral children running around. So, I mean, we're raising some kind of animals. I wouldn't necessarily call it a farm, but can we call our house a homestead? <laughs> sure. Uh, you know what? Why, you know, plant a garden, get them to do some weeding, teach them how uh, how to grow their own food in your backyard. Oh, that's right. a good you know, idea. They, they, we got to get them started on like maybe there's an Xbox game or something that they can practice on. <laughs> yeah, like Farmville or something. Start there and then move into real Real farming. I think, uh, what do we call the potatoes when we were, when Gabriel was here? Oh. Uh, Minecraft. It's oh. like the real world version of Minecraft in 3D. <laughs> wow. So you guys grow a lot of other things other than chickens at your place. We do. Yeah. I have a funny story if you'd like. Oh, yes. Yeah, we please, love stories. Please yeah. do. So when we were moving from the country, no, that was wrong. We moved from the city to the country <laughs> and, um, and, we, it was like winter time and we were looking at property and find, you know, we found somewhere to move to. And my husband has never, until we moved to the middle of nowhere, never lived further than like 10 minutes from an interstate. Like this is a big deal to be 25 minutes from the Walmart, you oh, know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he was like, oh, yeah, we want to have I want to have a little homestead. I want to have a garden. And meanwhile, the closest thing to a garden he had previously was a single tomato plant in a in like a a single cucumber. And he planted some cucumbers once. (laughs) And he's like, I want to have a big garden and get some chickens for eggs and raise some meat rabbits. And I was like, hold up, sir. You wait one minute. What's What's a meat rabbit? Yeah. Well, it's like raising chicken for meat, but it's raising oh, okay. it's rabbit for food. Rabbit for food. Not for different yeah. pets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, wow. And I was like, um, let's talk about this. First of all, that's too much. 
And second of all, you don't know anything about any of that. <laughs> and now we have rabbits and ducks and chickens and we raise a garden chickens and, sometimes. and yeah. we can food. And I we- told him, you pick two, guy. And now look <laughs> at us. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of old McDonald, we'll be like, Homestead Phil had a farm. Well, he had a Homestead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we have to know, because you have a company called Rent the Chicken, but... It, like you, you don't just one day wake up and be like, "We're going to start renting chickens." Where did you start with your love of chickens? Oh yeah, so we had chickens before Rent the Chicken was hatched, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we uh, we decided that we we're we we're going to rent them out. The, the way we figured it out is like everybody in 2022 and back then was 2013 we were looking at our cell phones in the middle of the night before we go to bed which we really shouldn't do but we were so i'm scrolling through like google and i google crazy business ideas (laughs) and there was somebody in alabama that was renting out chickens and i leaned over to to homestead jen well she wasn't homestead jen at the time i leaned over to her and i said what do you think about renting chickens and i was like uh uh well, we have some chickens and I can work some power tools. So, <laughs> sure. Yeah. 2014, we rented out just in our area. Uh, I think Homestead Jen built something like 52 coops in our front what? yard. How, how big are these coops? Are they like the ones you buy at Home Depot? No, they're they're um, about three by five in size, depending oh. on which model we send to you. A uh, double story? Like they have a little story. Yeah, some of them do have a a second story. Uh, That's a a place where the chickens can jump up and sleep. uh, That's enclosed and a place, uh, a nesting box where they can hang out and lay their eggs. um, That is also enclosed. Now, you haven't told us where in the world you actually are. You mentioned this other state, but then you said you serve your area. Are you in like the Midwest? Are you in a place where there's lots of farmland? Sure. We are just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. However, we work with about 25 farmers throughout the United States and Canada. So we can deliver to Tennessee, Toronto, Ontario, British Columbia, Arizona, um, North Carolina, New Hampshire, uh, all over the place. So rentthechicken.com, you can see all of our locations. I also saw that I don't believe I saw anything for California. Oh, man. I know. Oh, How man. sad. Why is, tra- that? is that because of all the we- tight rules we got out here? No, we're looking for a farmer in that area. We just haven't found the right relationship. So if there's somebody here that's got a little bit of property and you live in California or even Washington, Oregon, and you want to try to rent out some chickens and be part of our our program, um, go to our website. There's a link right there. We're accepting applications. We would love, absolutely love to partner with somebody there in California. So then what title do they get if they decide to like host the chickens on their farm? Are they a chicken host? Are they like a chicken captain? Are they a homesteader? <laughs> uh, a chicken, a, wait, a, let me say it. Chicken a chicken tender. There you go. That's it. There you go. I like that. A chicken tender. You know what's funny? You know, chicken tender. You know, I was asking the kids, if we ever had chickens in the house here, what would you name them? Of course, you got to name them nuggets. You got to name them tenders. You got to name them sandwich. <laughs> right? Or soup. Oh, that's a good one. I think we could come up. It's like, you know, Bubba Gump on Forrest Gump. We'll come that's up with That's right. Oh, names. one of my favorite, favorite movies, Forrest Gump, yeah, for sure. We could have chicken tender. We could have shredded chicken. So these uh, chicken <laughs> hosts, the people that actually host it, have the chickens, the farmers, were they considered to be franchisees of your company? 
We call that uh, an affiliate program, so we don't actually use the term franchise or franchisee. So they become part of our affiliate program, and they get officially named uh, Homestead so-and-so, and then they offer the program to their local renters. And you may have just heard some beeping in the background. We've got some incubators that are going to be hatching chickens. And we have a home show coming up here in uh, Western Pennsylvania in March. And we will be hatching chickens at the home show. That's so cool. Yeah, I heard that like little kind of mechanical sound in the background. The only incubator I remember ever seeing was the one in Jurassic Park (laughs) when they were turning the uh, dinosaur eggs and the velociraptors were being hatched. Is it kind of like that? That's all I know. Well, here's what I can tell you. Chickens are the closest living relative to a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, yes, it is kind of like that. No way. I could get that, like with the little arms. I could see that. Like, Like, she's making a little arm movement right now. Little Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, look at their feet. Their feet just, they've got these talons, the claws, and that's another incubator going right now. Sorry about that. (laughs) I love it. No worries. No worries. So, um, I know nothing about chickens. I know that, like, I mean, I see them at the store. I see them on the restaurant menu. Wait, you see chickens at the store? Well, I see the chicken meat at the store. <laughs> and everything. Kids love chicken, of course. Chicken nuggets and all that stuff. But well, I have a curious. I see eggs, obviously, and things like that. What makes a difference between a brown egg and a white egg? I don't know. What's the difference? So, uh, really, nothing. Um, a good tasting egg comes from chickens that are eating the right food that have access access to pasture or in this case uh, somebody's backyard the grass uh, the the eggs at the store the white eggs are usually bleached white um, they're they're I mean they're fine to eat but if you get a backyard, egg from a chicken that was raised in your backyard, you're going to have more good vitamins and and minerals, more good omega fatty threes, a third less cholesterol. They're just very, very healthy because of what they're feeding in a low stress environment. Now, chickens themselves, those those store-bought eggs, typically those birds only have like one square foot of space their entire life in a cage. Now, California, they've actually passed a law to require one and a half square feet but come on one and a half square feet now the eggs themselves the color is based on the breed of chicken so prior to the 1940s your grandparents would have found traditionally only brown eggs in the store then somebody discovered that there was a chicken that laid a white egg and they would lay about 320 to 340 eggs a year and that was the leghorn so Everybody pretty much switched off of brown eggs at about 280 eggs a year to the white egg layers. And that increased production for eggs that made more revenue for poultry farmers that were raising uh, chickens for, for eggs. And so that's why traditionally we have seen in our generation white eggs in the store. But there's really nothing different on the inside of the egg. That's super interesting that you talk about that because I think about like the, is it Looney Tunes where they have Foghorn Leghorn? And if you think about the timeline of when that character was created being like this big buff chicken, it was probably around the time of that switch within the industry. I wonder if there's a connection between like the little um, other chickens versus the Leghorn. Did you call them the Leghorn chickens? Leghorns, yes, that's correct. Leghorn chickens being like the stronger, ready to produce there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So 
now people bleach these eggs to make them white. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? Yeah, they're the the store bought eggs. You know, they're washing them with chemicals. They're they're doing things. In some cases, they're bleaching them to help them stay white because uh, they want a consistent egg. They want the same look throughout everything. So, um, yeah. I never even thought about that because you get some of those eggs that they're very white and then some now have like a stamp on the shell. And I just figured like, oh, well, they'll just, you know, come from the farm and they rinse them off a little bit and stick them into a package. But even eggs can be super processed. That's for sure. And wow. something interesting, um, if you can believe it, the chicken doesn't put the stamp oh, on the yeah. egg. <laughs> they don't? Mind blown again. Mind blown. Um, but at the same time, um, when a chicken lays an egg, if the nesting area is clean, uh, in our industry, we just say you can take it right from the nesting box and keep it on the counter. But the U.S. government says all eggs need to be washed and then put into the refrigerator. So when they're washed, that bloom that's on the egg when the chicken lays it, that's rinsed off, which makes the shell more permeable, allowing for um, for it to be spoiled, which is why it needs to go into the fridge. So okay. with with your eggs, the... The eggs from the store definitely need to be in the refrigerator. Absolutely. Yeah. And the eggs that you get from your own chickens, I mean, yes, you want to you want to rinse them off before you use them. Yes, of right? course. Um, but they can sit on the counter for a couple of weeks before they they spoil. Really? I mean, three, couple four, weeks. five weeks. Yeah, longer. Really? Sometimes longer. Depends on the humidity level. If it's a high humid uh, time, they, they don't necessarily last as long as like this time of the year when there's less humidity. Does it make a difference if you a, a chicken lays an egg today and you see it lay the egg, you grab it, and then five, ten minutes later you cook it? Is, does, what does it taste like? Can you do that or you have to wait? You can absolutely do that. And um, there's not a lot of difference between like a ten-minute-old egg and a week-old egg, but there's a big difference between like a week-old egg and like a six-week-old egg. So okay. if you were to take a fresh egg and crack it open into a nice hot skillet, that egg is going to be stationary. That egg white is not going to run across your skillet. Really? Why? Yeah, just because it's, it's, it's fresh. fresh. It, yeah. And, you know, in, in the egg itself, the white part is called the albumin. And the albumin actually has two different layers to it. And when you crack open a fresh egg, you'll see the first thicker layer of the white part of the oak and the second layer, which is a little bit more runny. Right. So what happens is when you crack that into the, the pan – there's two distinct parts, but an egg from a store that could be an egg that's, oh, I don't know, four weeks old before it gets to your plate. When you crack that open, it's unlikely that that second layer is going to be in there because it's kind of just mushed into kind the of rest of the egg. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. And something else with fresh eggs is if, if you, um, either of you like to bake it all, uh, a fresh egg will give a fluffier cookie or fluffier cake. Really? Interesting. Check that out. Okay, now, again, city girl here who has never raised a chicken on her own um, or raised a chicken. I mean, I've seen them hatch before. I always thought that if you get an egg and you leave it on the counter and you don't use it within like 10 days or so, that you're going to end up like cracking the egg open and having a baby chick inside. Oh, really? 
Oh, good oh, question. Oh, great question. Yeah. So in order for the be- there to be a baby chick, there needs to be a rooster. Oh. In the hen house. Because they have right? to like yes. fertilize the hen house. Fertilize. they lay eggs that are already baby chicks. The that. same so reason why you keep Chris around. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, chick anatomy here. So, but I, so does the fertilizing of the egg happen after it's laid? No. Happens before. So as the egg is in the hen's reproductive system, mm-hmm. the you know, the rooster will mount yep. the hen. Have okay. a good time. Yeah. Keep right. it clean, Phil. Yeah, yeah, keep it clean. Um, and here. <laughs> so the, the the sperm go up into the reproductive system and they join with the hen's egg. Got it. And at that time the egg continues down the reproductive system of the hen, the yolk gets fully formed, the albumin gets fully formed, and the last thing to happen is the eggshell forms around the the albumin and the yolk. And then okay. the hen lays her egg. Yeah. Hey, listen, and it's not uncommon for people to not know that this is how it works. Like, we have a lot of people who say, well, don't you need a rooster? And then I usually just explain why. It was a lady who's asked me. I said, well, just like you and I, you know – we need a man to produce or to fertilize an egg, but we can produce an egg all on our own without the guy around. So I heard, right? I heard, I heard a myth too. I don't know if this is true or not. That it helps with the egg laying itself if there's a rooster nearby. Maybe. Um, I mean, we don't rent roosters, and our hens lay a okay. Okay, okay, okay. So there's not like you need a jump start to get the rooster excited. No, but here's what a rooster will do: a rooster in a field, if he's walking around and he sees like I don't know, some grubs in the ground, he will actually do a low clucking noise, call the hens over, let them eat first, and then he will eat. What a guy. How nice of him. <laughs> yeah. He's also first line of attack if there's a predator. See? Like he's there See? to protect the flock. Right. Yes. If something yeah. gets into a hen house, he will be the he will lay down his life for his ladies. Absolutely. Oh, oh I need hero. myself a rooster. <laughs> what a hero. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a sweet story of love and sacrifice. <laughs> but the chickens have no problems, you said, laying eggs without the rooster being there. And when you do move the um the whole setup to a renter. Is there a problem with delaying these eggs or they happen right away? So when we bring the coop, the coop first off, it's on wheels. So it's very portable. It can move through a yard. It's got that fenced in area for them to walk around in. Uh, Typically after we drop off within 24 to 48 hours, they are laying their first egg. We bring chickens that are ready to lay or really close to it. How do you you know? Oh, I'm sorry. What's, how do you know? How do you know if they're ready to lay or not? Do they tell you? I mean, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, they send an email <laughs> before the chickens go out. They're put into individual coops. So we make sure that they're getting along, and then we keep an egg log of how many eggs are laid out of that coop. And once we feel that it's sufficient, at that point, we take the coop to the renter. And a a single chicken usually lays for six days and then takes the seventh day off. So every week, two hens should lay about 12 eggs. Between the two of them? Yes. That's right. Interesting. Okay. So with these coops, you talked about letting the chickens roam. So if a renter receives a coop from you with two or three chickens in them, then are they to like open the coop and let the chickens roam around their yard or do Take they them keep inside. them caged 
up or put them on a leash and take them for oh, a walk. Yes. <laughs> Great questions all around. Uh, so our coop is portable and it simulates uh, supervisor. It simulates free range time. So when the coop is moved, the chickens have access to fresh grass and bugs, but they're still super safe in the chicken coop. There is no like, you know, on TV or you hear about, oh, people have to um, lock up their chickens. That's not a thing with our coop system. So the chickens have the ability to go from the roost area where they sleep to the ground with free will. And then if the renter wants to let the chickens out of the coop, that's no problem for some supervised free range time. The renter can be out there with the chickens. When they want to go back inside, they put their chickens back in the coop, lock it up. That gives so much layer of protection to make sure the hens aren't outside um, really susceptible to predators. And right. I, definitely, yeah. I definitely recommend that when you're letting your chickens roam around, that you sit outside with them, drink some sweet tea, watch your chicken TV. <laughs> that way nothing comes and has chicken for dinner. Right. Everything loves to have chicken for dinner. Yeah. I was just thinking about that where we live. We just recently moved over the last few months out into a more rural area of the county. And we have some big trees in the areas with red tail hawks that are like up in the trees. And so I was thinking about that, that if a chicken, like I would be worried about renting chickens because I'd be worried about that they would be prey for the the hawks. And the coyotes too. Right. And coyotes. But if there was a way to keep them in a coop nice and safe and still give them time to eat the grass, that would be great. Our, our coop has that that wired section. It keeps them protected. Now, um, we say it's, it's it's predator resistant, not necessarily predator proof. If a bear wants to get into a coop, a bear is probably going to get right. into a coop. I guess if you get into cars, they can get into your coop, I'm sure no problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, can coyotes get into the coops? I You know, I guess if one really worked at it for a long time, uh, most predators are real opportunist. So like if you have these red tail hawks outside and you had your chickens roaming about in the yard and you decide that you want to go in to have a sandwich or even to get a drink, the the hawk would take that moment while you're inside to go ahead and feast on the chickens. And so uh, with the coyotes, as long as you put the chickens back in and they're all locked up, the coyote will come along and likely be like, well, that's too tough. Yeah. I'm going to go find something that's they're a little easier. They're looking for an easy meal. Yeah. How often does this happen where a renter loses a chicken? Not often. No, okay. if they're following our recommendations, not often at all. And is, is there any kind of warranty or any kind of like insurance, <laughs> chicken on, insurance. on chicken insurance <laughs> on the chickens? Um, so the the way it works is, you know, if a chicken dies due to no fault of your own, we are going to replace the bird. Um, if it dies because of something you did or some kind of action, there is a fee for that. And in our contract with our renter, um, we even have the ability to take the coop and the chickens back to the farm if we don't like, you know, kind of what what oh, we saw. I was going to say, if, or if they chicken out. Oh, yes. They can chicken out, too. They're like, oh, I give up. Uh, but if somebody loses a chicken, they're devastated because these chickens have become part of their family. Uh, and believe it or not, chickens are also used as therapy animals for folks in senior care facilities, uh, PTSD uh, situations, uh, U.S. Uh, uh, veterans. So, you know, people really do become attached and um, they love their chickens. You know, I had chickens growing up as a kid. We had chickens. Wait, um, you did? Yeah, I did. What? I and thought you only knew the chickens came from the store. Well, they do. We bought it at the store. We took them home. So, 
But um, but yeah, we got chickens. They're little chick- chicks, I guess. We uh, we lived in a, a place that had a little bit of land growing up. And um, my brother was, uh, we were playing with these little chickens. They're baby chicks, you know, bouncing around the yard. And my brother was kneeling down. He was probably like six years old or something. I don't know, maybe seven. Are you going to tell me a sad chicken story right now? I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> maybe. He sat on one of the chickens. Oh, shoot. Because he was like leaning around. He's he's squatting over there and he kind of sat down and he sat on one of the chickens and he killed the chicken. He squished the chicken. He made a chicken patty. I'm so sad. Chicken patty. That's also a popular chicken name is Patty. <laughs> oh, really? But yeah, we had chickens and I think they did eggs too for a little bit. But I think for us, it was like... Seriously? You're we, acting like you've never seen this happen but the, before. But I think the coyotes, or the dogs, or the bears or whatever we had floating around the neighborhood got in there and, um, you know, we had that. We also had a goose too growing up and uh, I don't know if she laid eggs. She might have laid eggs too. So hey, speaking of eggs and eggs and crazy eggs, have you guys ever had ostrich eggs before? I have not, but uh, about two years ago on our Facebook page, uh, we posted a um, a April Fool's joke of renting ostriches. <laughs> wow! In, like South Dakota and where else? I don't Somewhere. know, but Newfoundland or something. But there crazy. were definitely some people that were very upset when they found out it was an April Fool's joke. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious! Someone actually called in the last two months, actually, and Hope said Miranda is one of the helpers who helps with the phones. And she was like, she hangs up the phone. She's like, that lady just asked for ostriches. And she was mad when I said we didn't have them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. Homestead Phil's April Fool's joke is Years later. in the rear once again. <laughs> now, for the chicken rental program, is it like like the old version of Blockbuster where you get them for a few days and then you have to return it or else there's an, uh, like late, a late, late charge yeah. or do people rent for life? <laughs> Be kind, rewind. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> what we do is we deliver for the season from spring till fall. You pay everything up front and then at the very end, you can adopt the chickens and the coop or just the chickens if you want. If you adopt, you get full support from us for life. So five years down the road, you could have gotten raised your own chickens, hatched your own eggs. If you have questions, you give us a call, not a problem. Or at any time, you can chicken out. We take everything back, like we were saying earlier. But there, is, there are no late fees, uh, and, and we've never had to repossess a chicken. So – Thinking on that, I'm very curious about when you were talking about people raising their own chickens. Have you ever had situations where people will rent your female chickens and then they just decide to go and, you know, rent a rooster just so that they can hatch their <laughs> own little flock of what do you call it? A herd of chicken? A stud? A, a flock. Oh, I thought you were a flock. <laughs> no. Most people don't are not looking for roosters because they're they're noisy. So we I don't I can't think of any times where a rooster has been introduced to our chickens. No, but um, there is a real real threat of biosecurity. So we want to make sure that when our renters rent chickens from us, that they're not mixing our flock with someone else's. Okay, because um, that's how disease can be spread. Yeah, if somebody. Uh, mixes two flocks together, one flock that's not from us. At that point, they've adopted all of the chickens. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like when we adopted our puppy, she was a specialty breed. And so we had to sign all of this paperwork that we wouldn't uh, breed her and we wouldn't like have any other puppies. And there was all of these requirements and we agreed to them. But I was thinking about that as it relates to your chickens because you probably have a quality guarantee around 
what people can expect from your chickens and then if they're going to start breeding just so they can have their own chicks, it would be complicated. But if a family wanted to hatch some of their own, it sounds like you do hatching. So could they rent from the egg, like from the very beginning and raise them up? <laughs> Great question. So we do have a hatch hatching program called Hatch the Chicken, where we bring an incubator with seven eggs uh, the incubator is about the size of a volleyball. We drop it off. We have it all programmed. For the first three weeks, those chicks are inside the egg. They're moving and growing and developing inside. We provide a candling light that you can shine up to the egg. And as that baby chick grows, you shine this light up to the egg and you can actually see the baby chick. It's almost like an ultrasound. So cool. Weird. Then after they hatch, we you put them in a cage that we provide. We provide a cage with bedding, a heat source, food dish, feed, water dish, everything you need. You keep them for two weeks. And at the end of that time, you can either adopt them if you want, or we just plan on taking everything back to the farm. So if you adopt them from the time that they were hatched, what is chicken care like? Because I think of a baby where you have to feed them around the clock. Are chickens pretty independent from first hatch or do they have to be like chopped up worms, hand fed to them? <laughs> no, yeah, they are very independent from first first hatch. They still need to be fed and watered. Um, I, I would love it. Honestly, if I never had to have a baby chick from that two week old period until egg laying, because it's just a lot of poop. Oh. And a lot of food. Oh, <laughs> and a lot yeah. of food. I mean, they're fun for the first two weeks, but then they start to get smelly. They they get bigger. Um, they, I mean, it's just it's not fun. And it takes it can take twenty six weeks before you get your first egg. Oh, wow. So when you get baby chicks, that is a commitment. It is, yeah. And they have to be under heat or inside the house for a while until they're ready to go outside, like they're big enough and it's warm enough. Well, so it's that's, like 95 degrees. Yeah, I know. What you, I was so going to say, it's fine. like climate climate determined. Right. But at the same time, uh, most chicks, when they are hatched, the gender is not known until like three or four months. So that's a big commitment to be all in to say, yeah, we want to have chickens, but we only want the girls. And then they, you know, they get a half dozen chicks and then four roosters. Oh. And then, and then they have to find yeah. homes for those and then find more chickens, a similar age as their, as right. their young chickens. Oh, and, and for it's, those it, who don't know, yeah. roosters don't lay the eggs. That's right. Okay. Now, Thank you for the definition. Right. See, he does have experience. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Now, not to get into all the you know adult details of chicken mating and all of that, but you wouldn't want to mate a rooster and a hen from the same, I don't know if it's called litter, right? Can you so walk? there is something called walk. line breeding. And there are ways you can line breed your chickens so that you do not have genetic issues. Now, what I mean by that is you can take like a great, great, great grandchild of a rooster. And for showbirds, they do indeed will rebreed um, like great, great, great grand chicks with mm -hmm. the great, great, great grandfather um, to go after those attributes that they're looking in a show chicken. Okay. But it's it's typically not something most farmers even think about. Also, I think if you pick up like six chicks from from the feed store, the chances of 
them having the same mom and dad is super Very slim. Lim- I and mean, they might be yeah. cousins, but oh, yeah. Good um, point. Okay. But one rooster usually has um, anywhere from six to ten hens that he services. What a what a stud <laughs> <laughs> that he's active with. Okay, so and I, I'm very fascinated with this because I've always wondered all of these chicken questions. So, if you have chickens laying eggs and you have roosters nearby, how do you know when they lay the egg? What is a egg that's going to become a chick and what is an egg that's going to become an egg on my breakfast plate? Sure. Great question. So the, the baby chick does the cells don't start to divide until the egg has been brought up to temperature, which is 99.5 degrees. So there's, there's really no chick growing until the egg is warm. And the only way that you really know that an egg is fertilized is to stick it in an incubator, wait for about four or five days, candle it, and see if there's anything going on inside. Now, um, aside from that, if you took two eggs, one with a hen that was with roosters and one with that from a hen that was not with a rooster, and you crack those eggs open, you're probably not going to know which one was fertilized. There are some signs that you can look for. You're going to have two eggs for breakfast. Yeah, you're going to have two (laughs) eggs for breakfast. Um, So... Sorry to interrupt you. It's okay. There are some signs that you could look for to see if one might be fertile, but by that time, there is no dividing of cells that have happened, so you might as well just enjoy your wonderful fresh egg bread. But if a hen is with a rooster... You can pretty much guarantee that the <laughs> eggs are fertilized. Um, he's doing his job. He's doing what he needs to do. And, and also, a rooster, when he mounts, his his talons will go into the, the back of a hen. And so, typically, they'll pull a lot of feathers. So, if you Got see it. a hen missing some feathers on her back, um, you, you'll know why. Understood. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, Chris. He's he's laughing over here. I have to remind him this is a family friendly podcast. I understand. I'm just you know <laughs> curious about the nature. You know? <laughs> well, this is so fascinating to me. And you mentioned that you have the hatching program. So, uh, what types of clients do you have that take advantage of the hatching program? We have families that participate. We also uh, quickly realized when we started hatch the chicken that. Uh, schools, daycares, preschools, libraries love to participate, and uh, senior care homes as well. Really? So what they love about it is that we take everything back. Including oh, yeah. the chicks. Including the chicks. Did you because- guys have any messes that might happen? <laughs> no, no. no, but we make it easy for the daycare, right? They're already working really hard or the homeschooling parent, right? You're working really hard at doing everything for your STEM education. The last thing you need is, is a big project on top of everything you're doing. So typically after the chicks hatch and are put into the cage, the food that you, you feed them, it'll last for about four or five days. We also supply enough bedding that you can do one change throughout your rental program. And, you know, they really don't start to smell until about 10 days. So we really try to make it easy and not add a lot of extra work to the the staff. phase, I guess. (laughs) Yes. It is is the best part about having baby chicks. The hatching and the first two weeks. Well, I was thinking around like Easter time, you feel like you hear of so many people wanting to have like baby chicks and baby bunnies, but the problem becomes like 
buy these baby chicks or these eggs that they want to see hatch. And then people are left with chickens and they don't realize how messy they are. And same thing when it comes to the classroom. I remember when I was younger that our teachers would have the chicks hatching in our classroom, but then our local farmers would take the chicks afterwards. So it seems like for those that live in an area where maybe there's not as much farmland or as much demand for baby chicks, this might be a really good solution for them. Is this a very expensive program? The program itself runs about $200 depending on where you live. So some areas a little less, some areas a little bit more, but the program is is really designed to help people go through this experience without having to have that long-term commitment. You know, like who wants a two-year cell phone contract, right? right? Nobody. Right. Yeah. And now do you hand deliver these types of setups? Because it seems like if you were trying to ship eggs, that there could be a lot that goes wrong we right chip there. Chickens. Great right. question. No, eggs, yes, we, they're hatching them, Chris. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. We, we, yes, fine. We bring the incubator with the eggs and everything directly to you. Uh, we don't mail anything, uh, again, because that could cause issues with, you know, if we if we mail them and they go by airmail, we've got altitude issues with the eggs. Um, the eggs actually do have an air sac inside of them, which a lot of people don't realize. If you hard boil an egg and you crack it open, you've got that little divot on the end. Mm -hmm. That divot, for the longest time, when I was a kid, I was like, Where's the rest of my egg? <laughs> um, but now I realize that when a baby chick takes their first breath, they take their first breath inside of the egg and they will actually chirp before they've come out of the eggshell. No wow. way. So if they were flying, not that they would be, then it's like their little built-in oxygen mask. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Well, That's right. The, the altitude changes could affect the – and the movement could affect the viability of that chick to hatch. Definitely. Well, that seems like a very affordable program for a school or for a daycare or for a classroom to bring into them. But what about the actual – renting the chicken what does that package i don't even know if you have a yeah, chicken package yeah. what's your what's your price plan and like how often or how long a term and things like that right do you have like a four-piece chicken nugget meal versus like a 20 whoa, pack a 10 piece maybe? Whoa, she went there oh my she thinks she's cracking us up <laughs> <laughs> i just like to live on the sunny side yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So rent the chicken uh, usually starts with a two hen package that comes with a coop that fits two hens. That's our standard rental package. And that price starts around $475 okay. um, US. And that's depending on where someone lives. Sometimes for the entire hard. season. That is for five or six months. Yep. Yeah. And we accept a $50 or $100 deposit again, depending on where someone's located and then balances due closer to or at delivery. Okay. And that, that includes the feed as well the feed for the rental and full support. Oh, that's amazing. So if you were to think of like a spring through fall rental, uh, about what is the average number of eggs that a couple or that a family could expect from two hens for an entire laying season? Sure. So the season's going to last anywhere from 20 to 26 weeks, depending on when we deliver and when we pick up. And two hens will give you about a dozen eggs a week. Okay. So then we're talking like 26 dozen eggs? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. So if we were to factor that out, not only do you get the fun of having your therapy chicken there that you can take for walks, but you also get to benefit from having 
a dozen eggs a week. I like and that. fresh eggs too, not these store-bought fresh. white right. basic right. eggs. Right, absolutely. Well, that sounds like it's a fantastic deal. So you're working with some different farmers and you talked about some expansion plans. Are you only renting chickens and hatching chickens within the U.S. or have we taken this like flowing the coop and going broad? Yes, we have definitely flown the coop. Um, so in British Columbia, we deliver out of uh, Victoria as well as Kamloops. Out of Alberta, we can deliver to Edmonton and uh, Calgary. In Ontario, we deliver out of uh, Toronto uh, or deliver to the Toronto area. So um, We don't want to forget Vancouver. Yes, we deliver to Vancouver. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I would love for us to uh, spread our wings and eventually, you know, get into the UK and Australia and, and other English speaking c- countries. I would go for the non-English speaking countries, but if they called me, I don't think they'd understand me. But do you think the chickens would? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think so. Possibly. Just take some food. They'll, they'll understand. <laughs> I was wondering that, like, do your chickens, when they're in Canada... Do they um, cluck with an accent? Like they say, cluck, cluck, egg. egg. <laughs> <laughs> a- eggs. <laughs> so, um, how far away do you guys? When you guys do delivery and setup, is there a maximum for delivery? If you have to go beyond that, do you charge extra for that? We deliver for free within 50 miles uh, stateside and then within 80 kilometers in Canada. But that's just delivery for free. We've been known to drive a really long distance if someone wants to pay the fee to participate. Otherwise, we do have an out-of-area package stateside where we can ship a a portable flat coop that's made by our Amish friend Levi. And we also then ship the feed, the bedding, uh, treats, feed dish, water dish, and then the hens. Like we give we give that person a chance yes. to put the coop together. We ship everything. But it gives them a chance to have full support too. So even though it's a purchase package, it's they still receive full support from us at Rent the Chicken. Now, very important question, because as people are renting these chickens, you talked about them being emotional support animals. Have you ever had one of your clients try to have their hen fly with them as an emotional support animal? I have not. But what I can tell you is at the end of the season, there's always several customers who have kids. As we're picking up the the chickens in the coop, their kids are sitting on the porch crying because Anna and Elsa are leaving their house. (laughs) They're having a hard time letting it go. Oh. Oh, I'm having too much fun with this. You're going to ruffle some people's feathers. Oh, my. Oh, so we do uh, have an opportunity to winter hens for our renters who want us to keep the chickens over the winter and then they rent again in the spring. So that usually helps the kiddos who are having a tough time with it. I've got it. Yeah. So now, do chickens do well in like colder climates outside or not at all? I don't know. Yeah, so chickens, you know, their heart beats really fast, around 300 beats per minute. They've got feathers on, so it's like they're wearing a down jacket 24-7. They ruffle up their feathers, and they stay warm. So um, we don't recommend heat a heat source inside the coop because typically a heat source will lead to fire, and fire leads to barbecue chicken. Hey, if you're hungry, here you go. Well, I do like a good chicken leg. There you go. But... <laughs> But, um, yeah, so th- we, we, they're fine during the winter. 
Okay, I was just kind of wondering about that places that like if you service to some places like Minnesota, for example, which I'm sure it's like covered in snow right now, and uh, how the chickens would survive in a yeah, Cooper, it's covered in snow, you know. We live near the Allegheny River, and last week the Allegheny River was frozen over, and it's about 300 feet wide, so it's a big river to be frozen over. Right. Our chickens are fine. We, you know, we feed them. We've got a heated water dish so that they always have access to water. A heated water dish. <laughs> Never heard of that before. <laughs> okay, so important question, Homestead Phil and Homestead Jen. What happens once your hens are done laying for their lifespan? Do you have a chicken retirement home on your right. property or is it like horses where they you know get transitioned into <gasps> An afterlife, like a craft or something, a craft project, right? <laughs> um, so we uh, we're we have. Um, let me just think of the word. We're very cyclical here. Okay. So what happens is we have for us here in Western Pennsylvania, and each homesteader handles it a little differently. For us, we have our friends that raise our baby chicks for us until they're ready to lay, which is when we pair them up and get them ready for our renters. And if the renter decides they want to uh, have us winter, we talked about that. We winter usually after one season of wintering, they, um, the renter rents again and then adopts. They're, they're ready for wintering with chickens. Um, otherwise, if someone doesn't commit, then we are a super great source of one-year-old, super friendly and a little bit chubby hens because they get <laughs> A bit spoiled. Uh, they get a bit spoiled out there when they're being rented. And so we um, we don't have hens on our homestead that need to go into retirement because they're either um, rented and adopted or just rented and then we adopt them out to friends and family. Got it. I would say about 50% of our hens are adopted. And those people that adopt the, the chickens, they usually adopt some more. And any hens that are not adopted that are one-year-old, we, we do sell. So oh. We don't have big barbecues. Yes, we do not have oh, a big barbecue. That's my next question. <laughs> so what is the price of a chicken, an older chicken? You know, like Oh, usually t- 25 to $40, depending on... Depends on the breed. Uh-huh. Okay, and now do people usually use those for food, or do they try to lay eggs with them? They uh, usually still are laying very well. They lay for um, like three or four summers before they decrease in their egg production. And they usually slow up in the winter too. It's based on daylight hours. So something I want to talk about is the difference between an egg laying hen and a meat chicken. Okay. Yes, please. An egg-laying hen is just for laying eggs. You could process them if you want to, but you're probably only going to get like 8 to 10 ounces of meat off of an egg-laying hen, and it's really not going to taste that good because older, you're used to, believe it or not, eating chicken that is probably eight weeks or less old that you get from the store. Are you okay? eating babies? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, they're super juicy and plump, though. So... Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. Now, the egg-laying hen, when they're three or four years old, they don't taste good. They, they, they're the meat is tough. It's just it's that's why they call them soup chickens. The other bird that you are used to hearing about is like if you go into a Costco or a Sam's Club or a Walmart and you see a rotisserie chicken there. I love right? those. I'll get one those later. Yes, that that rotisserie chicken is probably a Cornish cross. Most likely, it, they usually are. They're bred to grow quickly. If you 
get Cornish cross chicks and you raise them and you don't process them because you want to try to save the chickens, they will either they're at some point their ankles or their knees will break because of the weight or they'll have a heart attack or they'll have a stroke before they're, before they eat could even lay their first egg. So they're a crossbreed between two different birds and they are usually processed between six and eight weeks old. Wow. And they usually, after they're butchered, they're about three and a half to four and a half pounds. So what you're saying is efforts to save those specific chickens actually doesn't save the chickens. It just sets them up for a more miserable end of life. That's yes. correct. Oh, so we're doing them a service by not being vegetarians, Chris. I know. We're, just, you know, we're saving the chickens, yes, you know. we're saving the world. <clears throat> Now, speaking of different types of breeds of egg-laying chickens, do they all look the same, like little white fluffy chickens, or do some have like the crazy hairdos that I've seen on different chickens on Instagram? So the ones that we rent out are, we, we pick specific breeds, usually red stars, black Australorps, which is a, you know, a black chicken, um, a golden buff, which is a golden chicken. We'd be remiss if we didn't say we live in the greater Pittsburgh area. So we do rent out black and gold chickens. Yes, we do. <laughs> Steelers fans. My son's a huge Steelers fan. So he would like a black and gold chicken ready and- for him. <laughs> In Indianapolis, we actually rent out chickens that will lay a white egg and a chicken that will lay a blue egg for the colts. So, yeah, so we've got all these these different breeds of chickens. Typically, we try to find uh, breeds that are more docile, that are more interested in being handled, uh, because there are some breeds that are very skittish. And these birds typically are, are... birds that lay that five to six eggs per week. So that's how we decide on what breeds. When they're baby chicks, they are different colors depending on their breed. So those bright yellow ones or the the strawberry color ones, those chickens are typically either a Rhode Island Red or a Red Star. Um, or a Buff Orpington. Or a Buff Orpington, absolutely. So you can find baby chicks that are different colors. And when their feathers actually grow out from just that, that fluff that they have, which we call down, um, their feathers may grow to a completely different color than what they are as baby chicks. In oh, fact, wow. most times they do. It's like humans too. Like your baby hair could be blonde and grow <laughs> like brown or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but just like humans. Now, what happens to the roosters when you hatch? You talked about, you know, you might have some roosters, you might have some hens, but we've only really been talking about the hens. What happens with all of the roosters that you have? Or are those hatched at a different facility? So right now, there's no easy way to determine the sex of a chicken while it's inside the egg. There have been some science experiments out there where after about three or four days, they've figured out how to determine that sex. Uh, But in general, 50% of the birds are hatched as female and 50% as male. Mm -hmm. And for us, the male chickens themselves, um, we actually take all of our baby chicks and we sell them at uh, with a farmer friend of ours. So he he sells them and some of them we do keep for raising. Um, but for the most part, all chicks that are hatched are either sold or they become part of the rent the chicken breeding stock or they become rent the chicken chickens for the next year. Interesting. Now, do you ever get flack from 
the animal lover community that this is cruelty to animals, PETA. like PETA or anything like that? Yeah, we, we have fielded some of those phone calls. And, you know, just like everything else in the world, you just kind of have to hang up and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, on social media, a lot of times the vegans don't like what we're doing. Oh, no, they what, think they, it's what they say. They think it's cruel that we would put a chicken in a cage and they would rather have us um, free range those chickens where, you know, maybe a hawk could get them. Oh, a circle of life, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, the vegans, man, like. Gosh, I I think there's no winning with that crowd, but it did make me wonder since you have, I mean, there seems like there's a certain functionality and a certain entertainment value to this, how you navigate that where people realize that, yes, you're empowering them and teaching them, but there is some fun element of it too. We are creating this amazing environment for these animals. We really do care for them. We provide a coop that is way bigger than factory birds. We're providing food that is the best food ever. We're taking these chickens to people that want to have the chickens there that are going to hold them, that are going to love them, that are going to take selfies with them, right? This is not a factory, you know, farm environment. It's it's just not who we are. Some people start Instagram pages for their rental chickens. <laughs> I would right. too. Here's my uh, chicken, fa- chicken nugget and chicken tender. <laughs> <laughs> a factory farm, you're never going to get that kind of experience from those chickens. So um, they're definitely well-loved in the Rent the Chicken program. Well, we have a very important question for you as we begin to wrap up this interview. Do the two of you... No, it's just between us. The chickens aren't listening right now. But do the do the two of you have a favorite chicken that's currently living at your homestead? Absolutely. We have three chickens that we consider ours. That's our flock. That's we have our flock. a three chicken flock. Yes. And the white one is named Whitey because I'm not very creative. Oh, okay. We had previously we had this lovely little frizzle chicken that was red and her feathers flipped up and she just passed last summer. Oh. And our former foster kiddo named her Reddy because she's red. Oh. And so then Phil got a white chicken that's white, so he named her Whitey. Whitey. Yeah. And nice. then we have Hottie. Yeah. So I had a chicken that I like, I loved, love, love. She is so pretty. And then one of our renters um, had rented an Easter egg or chicken to lay blue eggs and her chicken just wasn't laying. And we didn't have any other Easter egg or chickens to rent except for my chicken. Aww. And I did say to her, okay, I'm going to bring my chicken to you that I have not named yet. But she definitely lays a beautiful blue-green egg. So we took that chicken there. When we picked up, she was so happy that I let her have my chicken for the summer. And she said, I want you to know that her chi- this chicken's name is Hottie. <laughs> now I have my own personal chicken who's named Hottie because she's very go. good looking. And then we have our third chicken, uh, which was actually just named this week. I had a group of elementary students help me name the chicken. And that chicken's name is Cookie. Aww. She is a white chicken with black feathers. Yeah. Interesting. And all three, all three of our flock are Easter eggers. So they lay these beautiful bluish green eggs, just beautiful. And they have like poofy cheeks. These chickens do. They have Aww. feathers yes. that poof their cheeks out. 
I love that so much. And so now do they live in a special like chicken condos dedicated oh, to like absolutely. your special? They, okay. they do have probably an upgraded coop from the <laughs> other ones. However, if any of our renters want the upgraded coop, we do rent those out as well. Okay, nice. As I ask you, as far as the food goes, what's the difference between your food and the food they give at like the factory of chickens? Sure. So the feed that we provide is a higher quality in that we are looking for, um, we're not looking for the best price. We're looking for the best quality. Um, factory birds themselves, yes, they do get sufficient food, but it's very much managed. And it is, you know, if they can get three tons of grain or 30 tons of grain from the Ukraine instead of from Nebraska uh, at a cheaper price, you know, some of these factories will do that. So for us, we are really looking for something that is more sustainable, more local. Um, One of the options that we have here in Western Pennsylvania is a non-GMO feed. And that food is actually grown in the, in the same County that we live in. And it is, it's a Mennonite family that, that grows this feed uh, and they mix it and they grind it. So uh, it is, it's amazing. We've had it tested. Um, The other way I can tell is when our chickens lay eggs, they taste a lot better than the eggs at the store. Oh, now, I think that we need to come on out to the Pittsburgh area. And my, like I said, my son's a huge Steelers fan. So we'll, you know, take in a football game and come and visit your chickens because I think that that would be just so much fun to learn more about what it's like to actually live with so many fun chickens. And do the chickens yeah. charge uh, for selfies? Do they charge to take selfies with the chickens? <laughs> no. Oh, but but we were at in Nashville. We were at the woman's the Southern, Southern Woman Show. show. So I went to help with the booth with our homestead uh, homesteader in Middle, Middle Tennessee, and uh, we made a big deal that these two chickens were named Reba and Dolly. <laughs> nice. And and then we had selfies with Reba and Dolly, and like most people and, understood that they were the chickens. And but fine print it said the chickens. <laughs> this one lady was like. You mean to tell me that Reba and Dolly are not going to be at your booth? Like, <laughs> wow. Uh, it's Well, this is Reba. And this is like Reba. <coughs> Reba is this redheaded chicken, you know. And Dolly was this nice, fuller-figured chicken. Of course. <laughs> now, but people loved it. People loved that they could have selfies with Reba and Dolly, the chickens. Now, as we wrap up today, before we ask for where our guests can find you, have you ever had anybody famous rent your chickens? Yes. Um, I I will give you some examples, but I I don't want to give names. Totally understand that. (laughs) We have had NHL hockey stars rent from us. Mm -hmm. We've had rock band famous rock stars rent from us. We've had NASCAR cup drivers rent from us, cup series winners. We've had NFL head coaches rent rent from us so cool who else oh Oh, we've had like um people from reality shows Mm -hmm. oh yes yeah and um pen and and teller have rented from us for one of their shows yeah now have any other than like pen and teller have any of your chickens actually like broken into the spotlight have they like strutted down the cluck hall of fame 
<laughs> yeah, you know, in 2015, we did have um, one of our homesteaders went to New York City to do a filming for an, a new MTV show, and okay. they had chickens on that show. I don't know if the show ever made it to the air, okay. uh, but they they definitely were filmed by MTV in New York City. Fantastic. Well, this has been so fun and super fascinating. So Homestead Jen and Homestead Phil, where can our listeners find out more about your business and follow you on social media? Great. So people can find us at rentthechicken.com and also hatchthechicken.com and on social media. Facebook, Rent the Chicken. Instagram, at Rent the Chicken. Twitter, at Rent the Chicken. And sometimes we're on Snapchat, although our chickens are not very good at Snapchat. So if you Snapchat us, it might be delayed some. Well, we just need to come up with either Cluck Chat or Hatch Chat, and maybe they'll be a little bit more open to that. There you <laughs> go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much. And do you have any special promos that are coming up as we're entering into the spring season? Any special deals like rent one, get one free chicken? That is an excellent question. <laughs> the deal is make your reservation before we sell out. Yes. Oh, I like that. However, if you reserve now and you place your deposit and one of your friends or neighbors also reserves and places their deposit, you will get $50 off of your rental before delivery. I Fantastic. love that. Well, this has been a hatching good time with you today. And so we just want to thank you so much for being on our show. And listeners, definitely go to rentthechicken.com, hatchthechicken.com, and check out our notes on this episode for more information on how you can bring home your own feathery friend to be part of your family. <laughs> Thanks so much, Homestead Jen and Homestead Phil. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Yo, know, that was so fantastic having Jen and Phil on the podcast today. Homestead Jen and Homestead Phil. Homestead girl, what's happening? I know, but I really do think that I want to have chickens. I just want, no, let me rephrase that. I want chicks. Oh, really? Little chickies. They're so cute and adorable, aren't they? They are. You know, I love little baby chicks so much so that when Ezekiel was little, I gave him a nickname and it stayed with him his entire life. But only I can call him that. So nobody else. Chickadee, right? It is. It is. So don't call him that because you know that that's my special name for him. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. It's my little chickadee. That's fine fine with me. You know know the cool thing about little chicks? Because I had uh, baby chicks growing up. I also had a baby goose. Uh, I called Ozzy. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Why no, is this the no. first time I've ever heard this? You had a baby goose? Yeah. Well, it grew up to be a big goose. And we had like this old like rundown bathtub in the backyard. We filled with water and that was his bath or whatever. And uh, I don't know if it laid eggs. It probably did. I forget. But um, but it, you just said it was a boy. So it can't lay eggs. It was a girl. I don't remember. Okay. No, wait. No. Back up. So you had a baby goose. I need to know more about this. Yeah. I called it Ozzy. I, I don't know. What, my parents might have pictures of me holding the little thing. It's like a little like. It's like this big holding in my the way I hold clover again. I'd hold the mm-hmm. goose, you know. And, and the thing was that with baby geese and baby chickens, and they kind of adopt to you as being their mother. So you walk everywhere you go, mm-hmm. they follow you. So the um like the goose would follow me everywhere I'd go, and Seriously? the chickens would follow me. Yeah, oh yeah. 
You um, acted like you'd never been on a farm before, and now it wasn't I'm, a farm. It was in the country. All right. Well, farm. basically the same difference. Farm but, is like you got like you know you got corn like a you know one of those things you put the no, stuff in. And no, no, that is the, not the true. Tractors and that all that is not true. But now I know that I'm like married to Farmer Chris. So, Farmer Chris. <laughs> so you had a baby goose named Ozzy. How long did you have Ozzy for? Uh, Ozzy well, uh, for a while actually. It was funny. Ozzy was like our dog that would bark. You know when, when you have an right. outside dog. And somebody would drive up to the house, right? And the dog would just bark like crazy. The goose would do that. So, what made you guys decide to get a goose? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. My dad. What do you call a baby goose? Do you call it a baby goose, or do you call it something like a goss? Oh, gosling. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, like Ryan yeah. Gosling. Yeah, but yeah. I bet you what it was. Or a so, goslin. so I picked little Ozzy, and we would uh, be cuddle buddies, you know, and hang out. And uh, seriously, oh yeah, was he like an indoor Ozzy? Uh, no, we had it outside in a little kennel or whatever it was when they were little it grew up so fast and it was white it was a full-on white goose you know like Aww. they normally are it was big too it had a big wingspan it flew but only like a foot off the ground okay so run around sometimes you get out of its little playpen mm-hmm. like clover does mm-hmm. you have to like chase around the yard the yard was much bigger than this yard so we mm-hmm. had to like chase around the yard and stuff and then uh big old wingspan they, they, when they get scared they pull their wings like way out mm-hmm. like hey look at me how big i am and these mm-hmm. are they bark or they quack it almost sounds like a they bark. Honk. Yeah, yeah, they honk. They have a big honker on their big nose, big honker on it. And so they would do that to kind of like uh, thwart off people. Are you kidding me right now? But because wait, this oh. totally seems like a made up story. I really do think that I need to call your mom. No, oh, no, it's a true story. And I think the sad part was I do believe either dogs or coyotes got to, uh, I'm sorry to say, got to Ozzy. Oh, that just happened. ruined my night. I know, but Oz, Ozzy, Ozzy lived for a long time, like a real long time, uh, if I recall. God, it's been so long ago. Oh, my so gosh. I was, like I said, I was probably like 12 years old when we first got Ozzy. Were, are there any other crazy animals that you had that I need to know about? Um, let me think. I had a snake. Uh, what? We found. It wasn't like a snake you buy from the store. It was one you find like in the, gar- in the yard or something like that. Like a garter snake? I guess. Or I don't a gopher know. snake? But it scared me. I, I hated like, <laughs> My buddy and I were trying to like pick up the snake and like clean the cage out. And it would do this thing. I didn't know what kind of snake it was. We like found it, right? Okay. And so it would rattle its tail like a real like, like like a rattlesnake would. So I didn't know if it was a rattlesnake or not. I had no idea. I don't think it was, but it did the same thing a rattlesnake does. So I'm like freaking out every time we, <laughs> we had to catch it. And yet you kept it. In my room, yeah. Oh, and, my word. And it was not even like a regular cage. It was like a makeshift like milk jug kind of uh, like a water bottle. What was it? A water bottle or some kind of container. It was like a it was a kind of container you'd have had like a lid. That you screwed on the top, almost like the oh, you know the container that we had those um, candies you buy at Costco. Those yeah, uh, like the pretzels. Yeah, but like a uh, it's like a it's like as a round lid that you screw on the yeah. top, but it's clear, but it's like a jug shape. Right, you, you I know? get it. It had one of those with holes drilled into it. With oh or my gosh, <laughs> this will make What are you telling me right now? And then one day it disappeared. I don't know how. Oh. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he went. Oh. And then one time I tried collecting spiders. Oh my I, I had, word! I, well, you know, you live in the country; you have spiders everywhere. So I thought maybe if I can collect them, I can put them into an aquarium. Unfortunately, I didn't think that spiders climb walls. I didn't think about that, and they climbed right out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What did your mom do with you? You sounded like you were quite a oh, handful. And then we had actually we had a pond, and my dad made this pond in our yard uh, next to the house. It had a patio. Uh-huh. And he tried to make kind of a koi pond, but it wasn't really a koi pond. It was more like a, a makeshift like. More of an oil pond. <laughs> it was a kiddie pool 
that he put like rocks around it. Oh, okay, and yeah. wrap, make it kind of look. Yeah, like Yeah, I a remember park. when people used to do that. It was a co- pretty popular thing. And he had a pump and a thing and everything, all that stuff. But uh, it basically just grew tide, you know, tadpoles and uh, frogs and that kind of stuff. Your dad is super handy when it comes to stuff like that. He always has great ideas for like specialty projects and gardening and all kinds of stuff like that. We should really talk with him about this idea of rent the chicken and maybe he could like open the California franchise and start raising chickens. What do you think? Maybe, but the chickens are a lot of work, you know. But your dad is up for the challenge. So, Fred, if you're listening, maybe you have a future in chickens <laughs> and you can tell us what came first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, you got anything else, baby, before we wrap this episode up? No. Uh, where can people find us if they want to listen to this or any of our other episodes? Well, you could find us on the old interweb if you decide to look that up at chrisandchristineshow.com and everything you want to know is right on there. Absolutely. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you for helping us hit this milestone today of 120 episodes and we look forward to being back with you next week. 